All right, so as, as we've mentioned a couple times, uh, our kids brought some kind of a head cold home from school and have graciously shared it with everybody. So if I sound, if, if I get too quiet, it may not be because I'm trying to, but just wave, get Pentecostal this morning, give me the crank the volume up sound. Okay, and, and the same for Denise, cause she is, uh, she's struggling as well. So uh, one, more, one more time, we get to go with Advent Conversations. And uh, this one is probably the easiest one we were well on our way to being on the same page before the day ever got started. Uh, and I, I love the question that Denise came up with because we're talking about love. And she said there's only, you know, one group of characters from the Nativity story we haven't talked about yet. And I sarcastically shot out because they weren't there for two more years. <laughs> but that, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but we're going to talk about gifts. And you can't talk about gifts without talking about the wise men. But more fun than anything is what was a gift that you remember? And, and I'm going to point this a little more. What was a Christmas gift you got that you remember? Okay, you can go all the way back to childhood. <laughs> Cabbage Patch Doll. Cabbage Patch Doll, yeah. <clears throat> Anybody else have a really good one they remember? Okay. What'd you get, bud? I got a, I got like a whole bunch of Lego creations. Nice. This is a language I speak. I am fluent in Lego. <laughs> Unfortunately, so is the bottom of my feet. <laughs> All right, so Denise's answer to this question really kind of cracked me up, but it fits too. She got a Betty Crocker cookbook. Okay, so I have to say this because it's not fair to not say it. I've seen all these like memes about husbands not getting gifts and like, if you're a wife, you're going to have an empty stocking, right? All those jokes, right? Um, no, the best one was uh, <clears throat> it, like two days ago, it started popping up on the Facebook feed. Man, if you haven't started shopping yet, it's time to start thinking about it. It's not time to shop yet. It's just time to think about it. And, and fellas, if you haven't shopped yet, it is Christmas Eve. It is go time. This is our time. Go, go, go. But at our house, at our house, it is opposite. So... JJ does the Christmas shopping at our house and he is great at it and he wraps the presents and it wouldn't happen without him. Now at my house, it was a little more stereotypical and my mom did most of the shopping and my dad was surprised, right? And so, <laughs> but there was a year, I think I was already in college and I was trying to like figure out how to do life adulting and I asked for a cookbook and my dad picked this out himself and bought it for me and gave it to me. And I still have it. I don't know if it's this exact one. We hunted, we, I said, it's the red one. He's like, they're all red. All the Betty, all the Betty Cracker cookbooks are red. The 1961 anyway. edition is red. <laughs> so, the 2023 edition is red. It is similar. Come on, Betty this. Crocker, you're, you're killing me. But I just used it this last week to make waffles. And so that was a good gift. 
have one? Are you sharing when, yours? When I was six, <laughs> I only wanted two things, and I got one of them. And I was so excited about it. Titus, you're going to love this, okay? I was your age when I got this particular gift. Oh, went twice. It was a G.I. Joe Tiger Shark Jet. It was so cool because the wings didn't go backwards like every so plane cool. I'd ever seen. They faced forward. This was better technology, according to G.I. Joe. And... <clears throat> And a good family friend of ours, uh, the, the Fogelmans and my parents were really close friends. And uh, Paul Fogelman, who was in his late teens, early 20s, probably spent the better part of the rest of Christmas morning until we ate lunch together, helping me put this thing together. And it, it was so much fun because when I got it put together, the very next thing that came to mind transitioned really nicely was hey we should watch Top Gun and, and I'm telling you I was the envy of the neighborhood because I could ride my bike with one hand and fly that jet with the other while singing Danger Zone okay okay this was back you know some of you kids don't get that this was back before you had to wear helmets or you were gonna die and our, our chains didn't have those chain guards on them. You got your shoelace in there. You were going to go. And, and the pedals weren't these plastic things. They were those metal scrape all of your hide off your shins. This was a real bike. It was awesome. And that's why I was singing, we're in the danger zone, you know. Great rock anthem. But that, that was a gift that really stood out to me because, you know, I... I wanted that and the aircraft carrier that I talked about in a previous message that nobody go out and get me that thing. I was just joking. I do not want the aircraft carrier. Yeah. No, it, it's too small for a good coffee table and, and too big for anything useful. And way, way too expensive. We could, we could do a lot with that. But th this was one of those gifts where my parents... I felt heard as a sixth grader, or a six-year-old, sorry. I keep aging different ranges. But I told them this is what I wanted, and they got it. And, and I think that's the essence of a good gift, is that you hear someone or that you know what they need, and you buy them a gift. And in Matthew chapter 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, before we go any farther, after Jesus was born, why did they go to Bethlehem? Does anyone remember? They went for census and taxes. This once again shows the efficiency of big government. Two years later, if you're following a real timeline of the story, they're still there two years later. They didn't just move there to set up shop. They moved there because of two very specific reasons, the census and the tax. These are government things. If you want to have a good laugh at the government in the middle of the Christmas story, this is it. Took them two years. Okay, back to the story. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And the assembling of the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where is Christ to be born? A little bit of history interjected there. The reason this troubled Herod and all of Jerusalem is Rome did not look kindly on anyone trying to take a throne that they did not allow. Herod was indeed a king, but he was put in place by Rome. And he gets to rule on Roman authority only. If he goes anywhere outside of Rome's bounds, I'll tell you what happens to him. More than likely, he's publicly executed for all to see. Don't mess with Rome. Rome was some of the most cruel leadership in the world. And Herod knew if somebody was claiming to be a king that wasn't him, it was going to cause trouble. The religious leaders who were in cahoots with Herod, in case you missed that part, it's a kickback system. This was the early form of the mafia. You don't mess with the family. Okay, They're trying to take care of their enterprise that they've set up and some new king on the block, even if he's the Messiah of the old prophecies, is not good for business. Okay, The roots to them wanting to kill Jesus go way beyond the 30 AD area. Okay. He inquired of them where Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. I love that, that the first prophecy that's mentioned to Herod is not he'll rule over you like a king. He'll lead you like a shepherd. And Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose and went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going to the house, again, this is how we know it wasn't at the manger, going to the house, which I wondered, and this is another side rabbit I'll chase for just a second. I wonder if Joseph built the house. I mean, the guy had two years and is a carpenter. Faster than a lot of con. Anyways, don't want to pick on car contractors. I need them. Uh, going to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And Titus is really confused by that word frankincense. I see it but they they came and they offered gifts and I mean the the first one we all get okay gold right what was the next gift Titus do you remember Jovi do you remember gold then what 
<laughs> this one she told me the other day, so I put it in the slideshow. Gold. <laughs> Frankenstein. And myrrh. Which, maybe not that far off. I don't know. Frankincense and myrrh. And I found a picture of them together. Yeah, it's kind of kind of funny, you know, when you look at it, they basically gave him three sets of rocks. Anybody want rocks for Christmas? No. Uh, there's none of the none of the single college age girls are here. Yeah, so I won't be in any trouble saying a lot of girls want a rock for Christmas. Which I won't go there. I won't go there. <laughs> no. Nope, don't go there. She's like, I know where you're going. Don't go there. But frankincense and myrrh. You know, gold was the easiest transferable currency of the day. Frankincense is a medicinal stone. You can grind it down for medicine. You can press the oil out of it for medicine. It's good as an antiseptic. Actually, it would make a tremendous cough drop if I had some of it, even though chewing on it in its pure form might be awful. And, and myrrh was a... It was used as an embalming and a ceremonial cleansing agent, which it's interesting that those are the gifts that were given. Uh, but little known about frankincense and myrrh, they were also high commodity trade items in Egypt. And if you know the rest of the story, you'll, you'll see very quickly that God was using the wise men to provide for the next phase of Jesus' life because Herod would not stop on his quest to eradicate the would-be king and he'll actually order a genocide of all baby boys two years and younger which we've heard of someone doing that before if you remember clear back in March that that was a tactic of Pharaoh or simply a tactic of empire you know, empire looks to ruthlessly eliminate the competition. The kingdom that God was creating welcomes everyone in instead of rejecting them because they're a competitor. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The greatest gift wasn't gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The greatest gift was that toddler that those wise men fell down and worshipped. You know, the, the shepherds coming and, and going back and screaming through the streets. You know, Mary pondered that. I can't help but wonder what Mary and Joseph thought of three very wealthy individuals coming and falling on their face before Jesus. And I picture two-year-old Jesus just happy clapping. Because what else is a two-year-old going to do? But God gave us a great gift that he knew we needed. 
It wasn't just some gift that's going to fade with time. Jesus Christ was an eternal gift. A gift that, that we were never meant to just hide away for ourselves. The, the best kind of gifts out there are the gifts that you can share. You know, my jet wasn't a great gift because if I handed it to somebody else to play with, I was really kind of bratty about it, like, don't break my toy. Jesus, the more of Jesus I give away, the greater he becomes. There's people that will say, well, well you can't say that. He's already as great as he can be. You know what makes him greater to me? Is watching him save people I know. Watching him save people I don't know. Watching him reach the least of these. Watching him change the destiny of an individual. And knowing that he's invited me into that with him. That I don't have to suffer the cross. I don't have to suffer the shame and the, the guilt and the beatings. But I get to share in the glory of watching him transform lives. Oh, she's like, nope. She's like, I'm not going to do any of it. This is the verse we started with, and I thought we should come back to it. So Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Um, and so we wanted to come full circle and just remind ourselves of what a gift we've received. And, um, you know, we're really excited at our house because gifts are going to be opened. And I know some of you are excited for that, that gifts will be opened. Um, yeah. And so it's at the very front of our mind today and tomorrow. And so we did, yeah, we're excited. <laughs> so we just wanted to remind ourselves of the greatest gift. Um, to us, a son is given. And just hold on really tight to that this Christmas season. And if you, if you take all of Advent and put it together, what a, what a picture of Jesus it is. That he's the hope that we need. He's the peace that passes all understanding. He's the only true source of joy. And he's the embodiment of God's love towards mankind. Where, where God had told them over and over in the Old Testament, I love you, I've chosen you. God put Jesus on this earth to physically demonstrate that love. And to remind us that, that God's love is eternal. Part of the, the beauty of that Advent display is that it's a, a ring with no end and no beginning. A reminder of who God is, that God is eternal. He exists outside of time. But he cared enough to step into time to be with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us.
So as, as we go our separate ways to celebrate Christmas, celebrate it well. Every time you hear that wrapping paper tear, be excited because the best gift you ever received is Jesus. And we're opening gifts on His birthday. We're eating way too much good food on His birthday because just like that little baby came in a manger, Jesus is going to come again. And He's going to present Himself to the entire world. There will be no secret this time. And He's going to call us, His church, to go feast with Him. One of my favorite parts in the book of Revelation is the marriage supper of the Lamb. I can't imagine what that party is going to be like. I, I don't even want to date myself by saying it's going to be off the chain or be bussing. Bussing's probably not even hip anymore. <clears throat> See, I got all the kids like they're like, oh, don't try to be cool, old man. Here, here, I'll hold my. Hold you, up your. You say bussin' and I'll hold a drink. Yeah. A drink out of my cup. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so, from from our family to yours, Merry Christmas.